Now, I want to invite two uh, special ladies up to the front. Um, Joyce McCulloch, uh, she is one of the uh, board members and, and trustees of Waikisa. Um, and also Valerie Duff, who is well known to us all and much loved here in the Crescent. Um, Valerie uh, started the work in Waikisa uh, many years ago, along with Fred and another lady, Sharon Moore, who's now in, in Australia. So I have a few questions uh, for you both. I'm going to start with you, uh, Valerie. I'll give you that mic. Thank you. Um, the first question is, what is Waikisa and where, where is Waikisa? Waikisa is in um, Uganda, and um, we are between um, Entebbe and Kampala, along that road up through the villages, and that's where we have our centre. Um, Wakisa is a, a home for young girls who are pregnant, as young as 11, 12, 13. We take them in up to 18 years of age. Uh, while they're there, uh, we look after them. Uh, we train them in skills like hairdressing and dressmaking and craft. Um, a lot of these girls have nowhere to go, so um, we would keep them for a while and we would give them counselling and uh, we then also make sure that they can go back to the village and it's safe for them. And if it's not, we would get them, try to get them jobs. And while they're with us in the skills that they do in the training that they do with the hairdressing and um, um, cookery and things like that, we would give them equipment when they go back home again for to do hairdressing and to do training so that they can then make a living for themselves and set up a wee business for themselves in the village. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, Joyce, I'm going to ask you, the name Waikisa, where does that come from? What does it mean? Well, the name Waikisa means God is merciful. When Valerie and Sharon and Fred went out more than 20 years ago, they were given that name when they had a burden for the young girls that they were finding in the streets of Kampala, and they wanted to do something. So someone gave them this name, Waikisa, God is merciful. Now, in Uganda, the centre is known as Wamakisa Youth Centre, and that means you are blessed. You are blessed. The reason for that, that we have two names, a dual name, if you like, there are other ministries in Uganda that are using the name Waikisa. So we then changed our name to Waimakisa Youth Centre, and that is You Are Blessed. That's brilliant. Both really, really good names for uh, what the, the project's all about. Now, Valerie, um, how did you, this, this work in Uganda all start? Well, going back about, what, 23 years ago, um, I went out with a team um, with uh, Evangelican Ministries and uh, they did Focus Fest and Mandate here in Northern Ireland as well as other ministries. And um, Sharon and me were out there um, working. We went out a couple of years in a row. Fred always went out with Evangelican Ministries. He did building work. He worked in hospitals doing buildings and things like that um, for different charities. and. Uh, Sharon and me had seen these girls, young girls, as young as 12, 13, in Kampala, and they were begging in the streets, they were pregnant. They were just sitting around doorways, and they had nowhere to go, nobody to look after them. So we talked to each other, we talked to Fred, because Fred was there and we met up with him um, a good few times when we were there and the rest of the teams that were there. And we talked that we should maybe do something for these girls, even if we opened up a house for six girls, 
Um, Lisa's doing something, the nothing, and we said we'd pray about it. We prayed about it. Coming home on the plane, we were all in the one plane, the, the, the two teams, and with something like 98 pounds between us left. So we then decided, yes, it was God's will for us to, to do something. We started to do fundraising and uh, to get money like car boot sales. And I was up every Saturday morning at half six away to the car boot sale, selling away as, a, as you do. And uh, just one of the things that how we did make some money in those days was um, I was in the electrical business, as some know, and we, one of our customers was Jacob's Biscuits. And they said they would give me some biscuits before they go out of date and you could sell them. And I said, great, send them over. One of the boys came to me in the shop and said, there's somebody here with biscuits for you. And I said, okay, put them in my car. There's the keys. And he says, Valerie, you better come and see. And I says, what do you mean, come and see? So when I went to the front of the shop, there was a 40-foot container. John <laughs> would know what that is. Full of biscuits, Jacob's biscuits, all sorts, jammy dodgers custard creams, all sorts of things. So we then started to sell these around everywhere. Where, where was I going to put all these? Took them down to the house, filled my, my bedrooms, my landing, my kitchen, <laughs> my garage, next door's garage, the church around the corner, put them in their church for a while, and then a basement of somebody else's house. And Sharon took them up to her house as well. So we went out and sold these all around the countryside, and we always had our cars full of these. So wherever we met, we sold these Biscuits. So the first lot we sold, we got about a thousand pounds, and so on and so on. So um, that's uh, so Fred and us started the business, started the, the work. We uh, bought some land. One of our friends here, Miss Guinness, some of you would know, gave us some money to, towards the land, and we bought the land um, on the uh, road to Kapala, and then we started doing the buildings, and we prayed about it all the time. Right. And God honoured us, and Fred's going to give you a good, um, tell you all about it afterwards. Yeah. Brilliant. So it all started, if you give that to Joyce, um, it all started with uh, seeing a real need in Kampala and, and developed there, and a, a big lorry load of, of biscuits. That's brilliant. Now, Joyce, how, how have things come on since, how has it developed since that? Well, it's quite extraordinary, actually. I have been going out for almost 20 years. I was at the official opening and others here were at the official opening. And to see the growth is quite extraordinary. We started off with six girls, as Valerie said, although at the opening there were more, there were about 16, if I remember correctly. And we had one building to house the girls, like a dormitory, with perhaps five, six beds in each room. And now we have three buildings to house the girls. We have approximately 40 girls at the moment in the center with their babies. Some babies have been delivered some are still awaiting delivery. And during COVID, we had 60 girls at the center, which was extraordinary. Now to go back in February after three years due to COVID, it was amazing to see the condition of the center. We went back, Fred, Valerie, Sharon, and myself, to meet with the board there for planning that Fred will tell you all about the exciting things that are coming for Waikisa. To go out and see how well the staff had maintained the centre was quite something. The place was perfect. The gardens beautifully manicured. The girls looking healthy and well. Babies safe and well. We have a midwife at the centre permanently. And we have outstanding staff at the centre. I think 
probably about 15 in all, Valerie. I'm just an assistant. I just assist Valerie. I've known Valerie for 60 years. She was my EGR leader when I was in Scrabble 60 years ago, Valerie. And uh, so that tells you my age, and Valerie's 10 years older than me. <laughs> but So she hijacked me then, and uh, you were praying for strength for Valerie. Well, please, and energy. I can't keep up with her. So <laughs> the Lord is answering prayer because she has a lot of energy and a lot of love and a lot of kindness and a lot of tenderness. So we now have three buildings for the girls' accommodation. We have a huge kitchen. We, every night at six o'clock, the drums start beating and the girls come into the kitchen area and they have their time of worship and it's quite something. I went over on the Sunday night and the girls immediately started to sing in English. They're very respectful. They're very appreciative. They, they appreciate all that you folks do in terms of support and the work is growing. We have a training center where we have a hairdresser, a craft center. We teach them cookery skills. We teach them, of course, how to look after their babies. And uh, the craft center is open for the public to come in. It's the hairdressers is open for the public to come in. And the girls are learning a skill at all times. So the center has grown. We have a nursery school where the local people bring their children for a small fee and are educated in their primary years. And we also have a huge guest house where our teams go out and stay. So the work is expanding and it's steadily growing. And Fred will take it from there. Thank you. Can I just say thank you to everybody over the years who have supported us financially and in prayer. It's been very important, especially the prayer. Um, I just want to thank you all for that from my, the bottom of my heart. Thank you, for, thank you very much uh, for, to both of you. A round of applause for Valerie and for Joyce. It's just uh, incredible to hear how God has blessed uh, this work and the, the vision uh, that uh, the, the people involved in it have had over the years and how it's developed. So that's really, really brilliant. Um, our speaker today is Fred Hand. Fred is chairman uh, of the board of Waikisa, and he started the organization, as I said, along with Valerie and Sharon Moore. Um, Fred, it's really good to have you uh, with us this morning. I'm now going to hand over to you um, to share with us a little bit more about uh, what's happening currently out in Uganda and the plans uh, for the future. So, Fred, thank you very much. I just want to thank you for the opportunity to come to speak to you this morning. Valerie and Joyce have told you a little bit about how the work started. But you know, when we started the work, there was one person who was a great help to us, and that was Professor Nevin. He became our patron. He advised us in so many things in those early days. But one thing he said in a talk he was given, he said, little things mean a lot. And as we look over the past 20 years, because officially this year, Wakisa is 20 years old. We never thought that the work would grow to the stage it is now. When we first started, the first building came on, which has come on the screen now and you'll see it. Looks nice there, but when we first got that building, it's a dirt floor inside it. The walls weren't painted. There were leaks in the roof. 
But that's where it all started, in a small building behind the cathedral in Kampala. Over the years, the work has grown. And you see on the screen now a picture of the work as it currently is. Our centre has grown hugely. Thousands of girls have come through the centre in those 20 years. But in those years, many of the girls had one thing in common. They were in need. And that's why we decided we would do something for them. When the girls first came to us, most of them had nothing, hardly the clothes they wore. Many had been abused. Many had no hope. But that's what Wakisa wanted to do, to give the girls a hope. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. While we were there in Uganda, babies were born. And you'll see those in a minute. Some of the girls, as you'll see, are all smiling. Now, you know Valerie as Valerie. We know her as Jaja. Because Valerie is grandmother to nearly all the girls in the centre. And that's what they call her. But the children call her something else. They call her the lollipop lady. <laughs> because when Valerie arrives, she arrives with bags full of sweetie lollies for the kids. Now, if you've ever traveled with Valerie, it's an experience. One in particular, we were flying out from the city airport and I was waiting behind as the team was going through and Valerie went through. And of course, Valerie's called over by security. And I thought, what has she done? Next thing, you opened her bag, so I went through to see if it was all right. What was in her bag? She had boxes of shortbread and tray bakes, all wrapped in tinfoil which set off every alarm there was in the airport. So when you travel with Valerie, you know. The other thing is, don't tell Valerie you've got a, an empty case, because she fills it. And when you travel with Valerie, you realize that um, airports putting their bags through have Valerie to cope with. She always gets everything through. So that's our Valerie. Those were some of the blankets and things she bought out when we were there. The slide on the screen now is showing you the beds that the girls have in the dormitory. And you can see the standard they are. They all have their mosquito nets. The girls keep their rooms spotless when they're there. And that's huge for us. Now Joyce talked about the kitchen. We put a kitchen in and put gas cookers into it. Girls didn't like it. The girls prefer to cook on the cooker outside that they have. And the way they cook is, you see the timber in the bottom going into it, they just keep pushing the timber in until it's burnt, and they put more in. And that's what keeps it going, and it goes all the time. The inside of that is the ceiling always completely black because it burns all the time, and they do most of their cooking on that. But Joyce talked about the girls when they have their devotions, and at nights when they both went over. And this is just to show you what the girls are like. And if I just click, this is what they sound like when they're singing.
that's what it sounds like at night when you go, but I should tell you, those drums go about six o'clock in the morning when you're there. But one of the joys when we're there is to see the girls. One of, all the girls in the centre, when they come, are given a Bible in their own language. And to see them reading it, many of them who have never had a book of their own, ever, and they just love it, and they treasure it. And you'll find them wrapped in newspaper because they want to keep them clean. That's what the girls are like. When Joyce was there, and both of us probably heard the same, one of the girls gave her testimony. And what she was saying was, from what was bad and what had happened to her, God had used for good because she came to the center and she heard about the Lord. When we're at the center, we don't try to preach at the girls. We show the girls God love. And then from that, we can talk to them. And our staff, our Christian staff at the center, are really good at sharing God's love with the girls in a practical way and a spiritual way. And many of the girls over the years have come to know the Lord. And that's the biggest blessing we could have for the work. But the work moved on. And as you say, we had the training center we built. This was opened just before COVID. We'd been out to open it a few months before COVID. And the idea of the training center is that the girls could learn how to operate their business. They learn sewing, they learn dressmaking, they learn quilt making, and they do hairdressing. And I've said before when I spoke here, ladies, when you get your hair done, it's nothing. To get your hair done there takes up to six hours. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so they learn the skills. And why do we teach them the skills? We teach them the skills so that they can go out into the world when they leave us and provide for themselves and their baby, and quite often for their grandparents who they go back with. So that's the reason we, we do it. Valerie said we give them uh, sewing machines if the girls are sewing and they've learned to take with them. We then follow up to make sure the girls are okay. They get a basic package of how to start. And I'm happy to say that very, very few of the girls don't make a successful business for themselves. It mightn't be a lot of money, but as I said at the start, little things mean a lot to them. The centre also has a craft shop in it, and that's open to the public. And they can come in if teams are there now, they don't have to go to the market to buy their craft. We have it on site. Some of it's made by the girls, some of it we bring in. When this opened the centre, the idea was that it wouldn't just be for the girls, that people could come in from outside and get their hairdressing done and get things made for them. Because of COVID, that all stopped. COVID was a huge problem for us. There was two years where we couldn't go. We kept in touch with the centre. The centre was in complete lockdown. It was worse than here. I have a photograph, not with me today, of the army actually beating the people off the street with canes. Everything was closed down. But you know, we have never had any help from the government all the years we were there. But on one day, this huge vehicle arrived at our gates with four big heavy men in it, wanting to see the centre. They were told that we were breaking the COVID restrictions. But Esther, who's our centre manager, she brought them in, showed them around the centre, and they left. Two days later, a lawyer arrived with eggs, orange juice, milk for the girls. 
So what could have been bad became good, and that little thing helped us through the work, and we were able to continue on with it. As Joyce said, our staff were fantastic during it. Many of them stayed at the centre. We didn't lay any of our staff off during COVID. We kept them all on because if we weren't giving them an income, they wouldn't have anything. But our staff became very appreciative and unbeknown to us, they carried on doing the maintenance in the centre. They kept everything spotless. They looked after the girls. As Joyce said, we had 60 girls at the centre with their babies to look after. Now, when you look at it, that's a huge operation. The girls finish with us and they graduate. We have a graduation ceremony for them because we wanted to make it special for them. And we have that. And quite often, if they have a relative who can come that's uh, we're able to bring them, they come to the centre, and it's a special day for them, and they graduate. But we've had lots of babies at the centre, which meant we had lots of toddlers. So over the years, we decided, well, maybe we should start a little nursery school for them. Again, that started with very small numbers, but ended up with 60 children at it. Now, nursery school in Uganda really is taken to about P2 in our terms and the children, the children come. And I'm just going to show you a few slides of the children that were at the centre uh, when we were there. This is first day at school for some of them. You might notice the one on uh, the right-hand side of it, that one in, not in the school uniform. What has she got? A lolly from Valerie. Just some other photographs of them. They have a play time. We have a play park for them on site. Um, and it's just marvellous to see them there. This was their first day of the new term when we were there, and they're all in the school. You'll see many of them in their classrooms. If we just move on through, sorry. Playtime. Just, just keep going. This is some of the classrooms. There's two of the teachers at the nursery school who, over COVID, put a lot of new programmes in place. But what they kept telling us was, where do these children go when they finish with us? Because we now have children coming from outside, coming into the nursery school, because the parents saw it as a Christian centre and wanted them to come. You just click on. This is just some of them in their uniforms. Now, what do you think that is? That's their school transport. <laughs> Believe it or not, there are three children on that bike with the, with the driver, with their dad, who came to collect them on the bike. I never cease to be amazed at the number of people they can get on a motorbike. Let us let you see what they're like. But as I said, we have a lot of staff at the centre. This is just a photograph of the staff that were there when we were there. The lady next to Joyce in this sort of blue dress is Esther, and Esther is our centre manager. She's a fantastic lady. She's a qualified social worker. She doesn't live very far from the site. I actually think she actually lives on the site because no matter when you go, she's there. And the girls really love her. The staff are very dedicated to the work. And without them, we couldn't do the work. But without our board, we couldn't do it either. And of course, Valerie and Joyce are there. Joyce has worked with us for many, many years, but we convinced her eventually to come onto the board. And Joyce is now on the board with us. But what can I say about Valerie? The lady who doesn't know, no. Valerie, when we, she said when we first met and we talked about it, we never thought the work would grow. 
We had a few parents, we had on the plane coming home, and we thought we'd go forward. But we've always had a faith work, and we've been praying about it. And when we came home, as Valerie said, we'd seen a site for to build the centre on, but we didn't have any money for it. But we said we would take it. And we came back, and within a very short time, it was £10,000 to get the site. And what was the gift we got? £10,000. That has happened so many times to us over the years that we just want to praise God for the work that he has done because it's his work, it's not ours. We're just the servants and that do it. We have a board in Uganda, and these are some of the ladies, and I'll just take you through them. Uh, the tall lady uh, is Margaret. Margaret's new to her board, and she is the head of the what do you call, Mother's Union in Uganda. Uh, the two ladies near the front are both head mistresses of schools. The smaller one uh, next to Margaret, uh, she has a school of 5,000 pupils and gives her time to us as well. The lady next to her in the sort of pink-purple dress is Alan, and Alan is our patron in Uganda. She was the Archbishop's wife when Valerie and I were first out. We've known her for a long time. And I remember asking her if she would be our patron. And she said, oh, that's why you came to see me. If you knew Alan, you know what she's like. And she's been fantastic for us, her and her husband both, over the years for helping us. And the other lady is Ruth, who's the headmistress of another school. And she has been a huge help as we look to take the work forward. And of course, we have Jonathan, who is our chairman in Uganda. Jonathan is, I get his new title, the Archdeacon of the Cathedral in Kampala now. He retires from that next year. He's the head of the Christian radio station in Kampala. And we asked him to be our chairman out there. But what he said was when he came, he said, I'll come as Jonathan, not as the Archdeacon. A very godly man. He had trained in Birmingham in England in the UK. Uh, has a great love for the work and a great love for the girls. He's a big man in many ways. And when we were there, we had a lot of visitors when we were there as well. There's some of the girls and all the staff. We had a, a board meeting one day and everybody turned up and that's what the photograph we took. And you'll see Sharon just in the front there of it. So that's, that's what the work is like. And we talked about the girls. You just click the next one. And one of the things that they have to do is the babies have to be delivered. I take nothing to do with that. But on the first morning after we had arrived, um, our minibus was away and we got a call and Paul, Sharon's husband and I, had to take one of the girls to the maternity hospital. You just saw, I stayed outside. Uh, and the girl was delivered in the nursery. This is our midwife on site. She was qualified SRN and a midwife. Uh, great girl, she's a permanent midwife on the site and really looks after the, the staff and the girls. Very quiet, she's the most quietly spoken lady I think I've ever met. She nearly just whispers when she talks to you. These are just some of the babies that were there when we were on site. You'll see a couple of them just coming up, you just flick through them. These babies were born basically when we were there. And it lets you see them. I should tell you, when these photographs were taken, it was 40 degrees. <laughs> okay. One of the problems we had when we were there, and it's happened because, I think because of climate change, was water. Water, if you take it from the mains in Uganda, is more expensive than electricity. That's one problem with it. The other problem is it's very infrequent because they turn it off. 
So we put on site tanks over the years. We have 120,000 litres of storage on site of water which we harvest from the rainwater. But because rain has become less frequent in the rainy season, when we were there, all the tanks became empty. Now that's a problem. You've got babies and girls and us on site. So we had to bring in water and we brought in a water tanker a couple of times to fill the tanks. But because of that, we'd always thought, could we not get a well on site? And we'd always been told we couldn't. So we got a professional company to come in and they found where the water was. And we've now put a well on site. And just last week, it was kept and is operational now. Now I should tell you that hole is a hundred foot deep and was dug by hand by the guy that's just was bending over. So deep that as he got further down, they had to bring oxygen for him so that he could dig down the tank. I did not want to see it. It's a hundred foot deep to the water and dug and kept. We thought, can we afford to put this in? Um, within a week of coming back, we were given the funds for it and the well's now operational. It won't give us all the water, but it means we'll have a constant supply of water if we need it. And that's been a big, big help. As we move on then, we think about the school. School work, as I mentioned, the nursery school had been there, the children had been going through it. But when we did investigations, we found there isn't a Christian primary school anywhere in our area at all. We first thought about it just before COVID on our last visit. But when we were there, Joyce and we went out to visit schools and see government schools. Now, if you just click that again, this is how you get welcomed in the school. I should tell you about, this is a government school. This is the one class that we could actually take a photograph in because some of the classes had 184 children in them. In one class we went into to speak, I was standing at the blackboard and literally the children were about a foot in front of me, six to eight to a little desk. The other thing was that in a class, I think it was P5, Joyce, the one we went to, uh, P5 class, there was boys of 18, there was one to 12, there was one to 6, one to 7, all in the one class. And it's not where we would want our children to go. Many of the children don't complete their primary education in those schools. The teacher in this particular school we went to was a Christian godly man. He was doing his best for them, but he just didn't have the facilities. So over the years, we had decided maybe think for a, a new primary school and we had plans for it. So I had drawn a little sketch out at home of what we thought from the measurements of the site, but need to measure it. So before we went, we'd asked them to get in touch to arrange for the architect and the builder to meet with us. And that was one of the days where the, the two came. Now, can you imagine here going from a sketch plan to getting detailed plans drawn in just over a week? So what happened was he came back the next week with the plans for the school. He, can't really see him as well and I've just click on and that was the light of the school and click on again I can bring you to the main one. So this is the school that we 
intend building. The ground has started to be cleared to build the school. There are 17 classes in it. We have put a ramp in so the second storey disabled children can get into. And that really is our plan for the future. There's two reasons for it. One, that it provides Christian education for the children. And two, it will provide funding for the centre. In order to be a legacy there, we're getting older. Jallery is 80 this year, going on 16. But um, you're not so far down. But our, this school we hope will be built and completed within the next 12 to 18 months. We've already had a lot of the permissions passed. The plans have been drawn and we're going forward. So especially I want you to pray for the school and for the teachers. This is going to be the most costly building we have ever put on the site. It's the most costly project we've ever started. But our work works one way. It's a faith work. We don't think it's our plan. The plan for the school is in God's plan and he'll never stop to provide it. When we first went out many years ago now, this is the verse that was given to us. You know, I have plans for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And that's what we plan to do. But I'll just say something about that. You know, in Jeremiah 29, it says that it's not a promise specifically for each of us. It's a powerful statement about our good God. In every corner of the world, God's children will face trials. And while he is not necessary to deliver us from our troubles, he will give us the hope and the strength to thrive and we will live through them. That's what we have found in Makisa over the years. Our God is in control. It's him who has grown the work. We're just the hands that help to do it. I have a few prayer points for me just before we close, if you remember to pray for the work. Thank God for his provision for the work over the 20 years that we've been working. Pray for the staff and the girls in the centre, as they may, as many of them are very young teenagers, some are 12, 13. It's just amazing to see children that age. Pray for the children and the teachers at the nursery school as the numbers continue to increase. And pray for the board at home in Uganda as we plan and develop the work of the primary school. In closing, I just want to thank all those in the Crescent over many years who have supported the work, both prayerfully and financially. I want to thank you for letting us come this morning just to give you a little bit of what the work's like. If you're talking to Valerie, don't be surprised if she's not asking you to go on a team to see the work. God bless you.